It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Jacksonville Jaguars got a tight end. Let me say it again. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a tight end, a real tight end. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked On Jaguars. Tyler Eifert, pro bowler. Often injured, it's okay. The Jags going to take a flyer on Eifert. Eifert will come in uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars and be the starter at tight end. He's very familiar with the offense of Jay Gruden. He also is a guy that, when healthy, can be very productive. I do think a part of this, though, uh, to go along with his health, a part of this is really going to come down to whether or not he's used properly. And I have the utmost confidence that Jay Gruden will do that, along with... uh, Ben McAdoo once they put their heads together because traditionally the teams that they have coached for in the past have had very good production from the tight end position. I think this is big for Jacksonville because it takes away an immediate need for someone uh, to be picked in the draft very early. Kudos to Dave Caldwell and crew again for addressing the position of need and not having to break the bank to do it. Now the key for Tyler Eifert will be how healthy can he remain all season. Combine that with Josh Oliver, who's another guy who's a pass catcher. The Jags have a couple of guys that are, that are in the 6'5 to 6'6 range that could really, really, really help Gardner Minshew out by finding the middle of the field, finding those areas, those soft spots, uh, and sitting down in the middle of the field so they can move the ball down the field. No one's expecting Tyler Eifert to have to try to live up to the fact that he was a very high first-round pick because he's a veteran, he's older, and he's later on in his career. I do wonder, though, about the health, only because he's had so many injuries in the past and combined with the fact that because of COVID-19, there's a restriction, obviously, on travel. Teams have backed off of doing uh, in-the-face physicals or, or, or physicals where they're required to bring a guy in. So there's going to be a lot left to be desired, and hopefully um, they can put him on some sort of veteran schedule when it comes time to uh, – play during the season and hopefully what that will do is that will curve the opportunities that he has to be injured and to, and to be hurt but it's good news for Jacksonville that they got a guy that people around the league respect they got someone who knows and understands the game and more importantly someone who knows and understands the offensive principles of the West Coast offense that um, you, you know you, you really really can't you can't replace what it's like to have a guy who's a veteran. You can't really replace what it's like for a young quarterback to have a guy who knows exactly where he's supposed to be. And the Jags were very, very thin at that position. So uh, I I think it's a good move for the team and one that uh, Jacksonville is going to um, not have any regrets that they didn't address because they have addressed it. And it's going to also be a situation where now they can move around in the draft the way uh, that they want to and not the way that they have to. All right, so on today's show, I've been talking a lot about guys that need to step up that would be a surprise for the team. I'm going to take a different turn today, and I'm going to say guys that need to step up because, one, they're being paid to, and two, because a lot of pressure will be on them. Guys that have to step up because this team depends on them and and this team needs them to be able to play at a high level for it to compete. 
I'm going to do all of that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as we addressed uh, yesterday, guys that could surprise and could be uh, people that help this club uh, moving forward because it would be like a shock to the system that if they're actually better than uh, any of us anticipate. I'm going to talk about guys today that must be as good as they're supposed to be in order for this team to be successful. And I'm going to start and I'm going to put the pressure solely on two young guys first. Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor has to be a guy who has benefited from the offseason. Uh, another guy who has learned uh, some different things as a second-year player as opposed to a rookie. I thought he played extremely well. He looked, looked the part, definitely was very, very physical. He wasn't a turnstile, wasn't a, a penalty machine. Uh and actually played well as the right tackle and looks like a guy who can really, really uh, be counted on as a future Jaguar for a long time to come. Now, along with that comes the pressure. And the pressure that comes with that is now folks expect you to be good because you've already shown glimpses of it. So now people are going to push you from being just good. You, you no longer have the, the, the mulligan or the fallback that, well, he's a young guy, he'll figure it out. They do that for rookies. They don't do that for young. They don't do that for second-year players, especially after they've shown up so well as rookies. Now the pressure comes. Now everyone's not hoping that you're good. Now they're depending on you to be good, and you have to really, really uh, think that with a lot of the off-season program and all of those things being affected by uh, the c- coronavirus that guys like him, they really, really miss that time to, to, to develop and they really, really miss that time um, whenever there's a training camp or whenever there's an on-the-field activity or whenever there's uh, any getting together of a team, the staff, and the players. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've had a lot of players tell me this over the years. You don't learn any much. You don't improve very much during the season. During the season, it's all about maintenance and taking care of your body and taking care of yourself. The players really, really do use the offseason, whether they're doing it with an individual coach or they're doing it with team activities that are spread out over the spring. That's where they get the learning in. That's where they get with the strength and conditioning coach and see where their body is. That's where they do all of the improvement. Everything during the season is about maintenance. Uh, It's one of the complaints that a lot of veterans have, like older guys that used to play the game, is that, they're not, they're not being taught anymore because they don't do two-a-days like they used to because of the safety precautions. But the other thing is that the union has fought for these guys to spend less and less time around the facilities, and they won those battles. So when they're not there, what seems to happen is the product and the ability to improve your, your own technique and to work on your craft goes away, and then you have to do that with guys outside of the organization. There's some real good coaches, real good offensive line coaches, guys like LaCharles Bentley that have their academy. But even with those things right now, those things aren't going on because of the, the COVID-19 restrictions. So 
he's going to have to make that jump. The good thing about that is, if he's not training, no one else is training either. But he's going to really, really have to make that jump from year one to year two because now there's going to be an expectation of him being good, not a hope that he's good, but an expectation. The other thing is, is uh, that's a critical position, man, because they're putting speed rushers uh, for the last what, half a decade or so. You no longer just see that big end on the left side. There are speed rushers everywhere. You know, guys like Yannick Ngakwe was one. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, when they had when the Jaguars had both of those guys, or Calais Campbell, whoever, they're putting pass rushers all over the field now, not just the big end. So at right tackle, he's still going to have to be going against a guy who's very, very athletic. Von Miller's lived his entire career on that side. So that's what's going on right now with Jawan Taylor. The expectation level is going to go up. So now his performance has to match the expectation level. The other one is obvious. He's also a second-year player. Josh Allen. Josh Allen may not have the benefit anymore, of, and I'm not worried about him at all, but if Yannick Ngakwe and Calais Campbell is gone, then it's all on him. Uh, it might hit and might look a little different when you don't have these other people and they're not running these stunts. So it kills me when people talk about Yann and go, oh, you only had eight and a half sacks. But Josh Allen has come out in the past and said a lot of times they had to, people had to make business decisions. Because of the stunts. And I remember watching a couple of games myself, and I think one of them was against the Colts, where they stunted, and the guy that was supposed to be blocking Josh Allen saw Jan and peeled off, and Josh went right up the middle and got the sack. So many times when a player doesn't have a sack, especially when they're running these twists and these turns and these freaky defenses, they cause the offense to have to make business decisions. And in making those business decisions, the offensive lineman will go and try to block the guy that he sees flashes first. And, and in many cases, that was Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen was able to peel through. Now, that's not, that's not to take anything away from Josh Allen's performance because it was brilliant. However, they had him on a little bit of a pitch count last year. You have to ask yourself, why did they do that? Uh, why was he only in on maybe 60% of the, the, the snaps that he was eligible for? Uh, he probably could have won rookie of the year defensive had they had, had him out there. But coaches usually know more about a player and his stamina than we do. And coaches usually more, know more about a guy's strengths and weaknesses. You cannot tell me that they had a guy that they picked seventh overall, but yet they did not have him on the field very much. And then, and it didn't have a, there wasn't a reason for it. I remember Miles Jack was a rookie. He wasn't on the field very much. And I remember I asked somebody in the locker room, I said, why don't they play him? And a, the dude that played in the linebacking court looked dead at me and said, who they, who's going who, who they going to take out? They ain't taking me out, and they ain't going to take Puzz out, so where, where's he going to play? I had a veteran defensive tackle tell me the same thing. A very popular veteran defensive tackle, and I would say, man, why ain't he playing that man more? And it's like, who, who you going to take him out for who? You ain't taking him out for Telvin. I mean, you ain't taking Telvin out for him. You ain't going to take Puzz out, so where are you going to play? He don't play, he don't play uh, Sam Linebacker very well. So when guys aren't playing, there's a reason. There's a reason, and we don't know what the reason is with Josh Allen. I don't know if it was stamina. I don't know if it was selling out to the pass. I don't know if it was holding, uh, setting the edge against the run. I, I don't know if he didn't understand everything, but for some reason, the Jags didn't play So you might say, okay, they didn't do it because they're dumb. They're stupid. Guess what? They're still in charge. What's, what's going to change between this year and next year? I'll tell you some more guys that have to play well for this team to have a modicum of success, and I'll do that 
also on the other side. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the the obvious guy that really has to play well is going to be the quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Because this year is going to not only tell Jacksonville what they have in Gardner Minshew, this is going to be a very telling year for a lot of people. If Minshew plays well, it bodes well for him and the rest of his career. If he plays well, he probably saves some jobs in the front office as well as on the coaching staff, although they've been so slow to fire people in the past, you just never know. If Minshew plays well, that may help Jay Gruden or, or, or Ben McAdoo be able to move on to another job if Minshew plays well that takes them out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes even though I don't think they're going to be bad enough to be picking that high anyway Minshew plays well the fans are more bought in to him as a football player as opposed to just being bought in because he's a character if he plays well what does that do for Leonard Fournette if he plays well what does it do for DJ Chark if he plays well and because he's upright what does that do for Cam Robinson this year will tell uh, not only just one story about Gardner. It's going to tell a story about everybody around him, plus the future of this franchise and where they're going. I think while it's been the most tumultuous offseason I, I can ever recall and remember for Jacksonville fans, next season is, might, might be the most important one as we move forward in the history of this franchise because there are so many questions that's going to get answered. And a lot of them are attached to the success of Gardner Minshew. It's weird that so much is being put on a second-year player. But that kind of what, that's kind of what comes with the territory when you're a very popular guy, when people are caught up in the pop culture aspect of who you are and what you do. It, it's, 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 it, it, it might be unfair for a second-year player to have so much riding on him, but that's exactly Uh, what he does have he has a lot riding on him it's different from drew Locke in denver who the broncos see as the future and and they're already sold so he he has he has to play very very poorly in order for john elway and crew to say no we need another guy already it's different it's not even the same it's a little different for Dwayne haskins because he has a new coach and a new regime and there's no rush for him because he was a picked in the first round the pay is different so the pay along with the different pay comes a different commitment however for Minshew the pressure isn't necessarily there on the organization because they're not paying him a bunch of money no one's going to get hired or fired if he doesn't pan out the way someone should have gotten hired or fired when Bortles didn't pan out because there hasn't been that big of a commitment it's not a big commitment financially it's almost like whatever we get out of him at this point is is just um what do they call it? It's icing on the cake. 
because he's already surpassed the expectations of what a six-round pick is. But I look at it a little bit differently. How he plays and how he looks doing it and how he adjusts and not just the improvisation uh, with, with the, the plays that are off script, but I'm talking about when teams force him to play on script. When teams force him, it, the weird part about the whole Gardner Minshew, uh, you know, the, the, the game of him is this. Teams have actually attempted to do to him what most quarterbacks, it's the opposite of what teams want them to do. You, here's something you never heard. When's the last time you heard this? We're going to force Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, or Tom Brady to play from the pocket. Never. We're, we're, we're not going to blitz him. Uh, we're not going to try to get to him because if you get to him, you create natural running lanes and it allows them to improvise. Never. You might have heard them say they ain't going to blitz because they were afraid. But you never heard them tell the pass rushers, don't run past them. If you can get to him, get to him. But make sure, you know, you, you, once you hit that gap, you hold and don't create lanes for him to run. Yeah, it's more Russell Wilson. When people try to compare him to Drew Brees, I laugh. It's more of a Russell Wilson type thing without the arm strength. And, of course, I don't think he's as physically strong, but the type of play is the same. He really wants to spin around and get out of the pocket and play really off schedule and improvise. Teams want him to stay on schedule. It's a very, very different thing. We're going to see uh, if Gardner Minshew can hold up his end of the deal and look like the future for this franchise. I, I don't know yet, but I, I think he's earned the right. He's earned the right uh, for this city and for this team to give him that shot. All right, that's going to conclude another edition of Locked on Jaguars, but you can tell your smart device. About our other things, look at on here on uh, Locked on, the Locked on Network, Draft Dudes. It's a great show. It's an outstanding show uh, about the draft from uh, some of my colleagues here on Locked On, uh, the Locked On Podcast Network. So have your smart device look up Draft Dudes here on Lock, Locked On Podcast. And until tomorrow, this is your man, Tony Wiggins. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.